So we've said before that a priest, and they teach us in seminary, that a priest regarding homilies has to choose or should choose from one of three areas. One, of course, is the gospel of the day. And that's probably where 90% of homilies come from, and as they should, explaining what our Lord's teaching was in the particular passage of the day. Also, it could be a saint's day. So if we're on a particular saint, um, you know, we just had yesterday St. Andrew, that would be perfect time to speak a homily on the life of St. Andrew and the example that he gave us. But the third one that is most often neglected and criticized is the priest is obligated to talk about current events that reflect morality. Because in the given times, we have to know what we are facing in the world. And today, you may be aware of, is a very important day. The United States Supreme Court is gathering today to begin hearing on a case that you may not have known, but may be the most significant since 1973. It's Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. And again, if I can emphasize, the priest is obligated, and I am going to stand before our Lord one day. And in my judgment as a priest, that judgment will be, let's just say, ratcheted up a little bit. Uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. And from the priest, our Lord is very clear of what is expected. And one of the main things is to feed the sheep, to teach the sheep. So my obligation is a moral one um, to ask for your prayers for this hearing today. Um, it, it really is the possibility of a real chance to um, overturn abortion. Um, it's, what is it? It's a pending U.S. Supreme Court dealing with the constitutionality of a 2018 Mississippi state law that banned abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. So basically what the law in Mississippi says is after 15 weeks, you cannot have an abortion because it's become a person. So it's also being argued right after the Texas Healthbeat heartbeat law. Now that law bans abortions after only six weeks of pregnancy in the state. So we're dealing with some very important meetings that don't affect political or not politics. Um, in fact, if you read the church's position on Roe v. Wade, the church has made clear that it was abortion was made a political issue, but it is not supposed to be. So the letters that we get that say, don't be political, you would be very good to read what the church teaches because the church teaches it's not supposed to be a political issue. It's a moral issue for the dignity of human life. So now what happens is there are reasons to believe that this case, Dobbs versus the Jackson's Women's Health Organization, may really be detrimental to abortion rights. So this is very encouraging if we pray. Um, the question presented 
in this case is really not about overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, rather, it's talking about prohibitions on elective abortions before 15 weeks. In other words, is it unconstitutional to say that you can't have an abortion uh, after 15 weeks? Now, here's what's interesting. And when we ask for a day of prayer and fasting, um, our moral obligation is, is to love um, our brethren, especially the, the least um, or the most defenseless. That is our moral obligation. Um, so if the justices, now they can totally overrule Roe v. Wade in this case. Um, if you've read, I studied, I've been studying this quite diligently and there is a chance that the justices could actually overrule Roe v. Wade in this case. Now, here's the thing, though. Um, it's possible, more likely, that the Catholic analysts say that they would prefer to abolish... Okay, put it this way. If they would prefer to abolish the constitutional right to an abortion, but still yet maintain Roe v. Wade, not officially overturning it, uh, there's ways they can do this. So in other words, um, here's the possibilities. A decision basically taking away the power of Roe v. Wade, but leaving it nominally in place is really what they think might happen. Um, why? Because they're worried of some, um, what do they call it? Not flashback, but... Um, um, People coming back, uh, 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 I, I'm sorry, I, I can't even think of the word right now. But they, they're worried that the journalists will come and say, well, Roe v. Wade has survived, even though there's a chance that it could be gutted. Um, there's a very good chance that it could be gutted severely, but yet left in place nominally. In that case, you're going to hear all over the news that Roe v. Wade survived, a victory for abortion rights, when it really may not be. This is what we have to pray for. Journalists should not report that Roe v. Wade survived just because the decision did not explicitly overturn it. You have to look at what the decision will be. Now, today just begins hearings. So the court could hand down a decision that basically takes away, for the most part, the right to an abortion, while symbolically preserving the decision of Roe v. Wade. Now, here's what's interesting. Mississippi, God bless the South, right? Mississippi has spent the majority of its brief, in this case, um, arguing that the court should explicitly overturn Roe v. Wade. This is what Mississippi is arguing. But the reason the court may prefer not to say this specifically, that we've overturned Roe v. Wade, is that some of the justices may fear political backlash. I think that's the word I was probably looking for, backlash. Um, you know, after September when they did that Texas heartbeat law, this is sad, but multiple polls showed that the approval of the Supreme Court after they approved the Texas heartbeat law, plummeted to historical lows. So I think the justices may be hesitant to say it's been overturned, but in essence, they may just do that 
in, in true depth of the decisions. Now, what does this mean? All right. There is evidence suggesting that the public would react unfavorably to such a decision, but yet name only. We pray that there could be something like this. The court could conceivably hold that there is still a constitutional right to an abortion, but states are free to impose whatever burdens be financial burdens or requirements on abortion clinics, including requirements that are very expensive, forcing those clinics to close. So some states, especially like those in the South, may opt to do that. The court may also hold that only individual people may take lawsuits against the um, law, which is a change because most of the time these laws are fought by abortion providers and clinics. So if the court did nothing else but state that from here on out, cases can only be brought forth by individuals and not by abortion clinics or large conglomerates, this would be huge. This would be huge. Um, if the court were to overrule that decision of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which was another big landmark, holding that a state, this is the case of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a state may not prohibit any woman from making the ultimate decision to terminate her pregnancy before viability. All right, I'm going to explain that. If they, if they overturned that and did nothing else, it would cause a constitutional earthquake in favor of the pro-life movement. Why? Viability refers to the moment when a fetus can live outside of the womb. 24 weeks. That makes perfect sense. If we did nothing else, well, it's not a human. It's not a human. Well, science says that if you remove the fetus, the fetus actually can survive outside the womb after 24 weeks. So that would be a human being. So whether we're talking in Texas, um, six weeks, or whether we're talking 15 weeks in Mississippi, if the court at least used their own term, viability, which means that the fetus can survive outside the womb after 24 weeks, it would be a monumental victory. So if the court overturns that Casey versus Planned Parenthood, it could potentially be the death knell for abortion. This is what we have to pray for. We have to pray for life. Remember Pope Benedict said the three non-negotiables, the three non-negotiables are the dignity of human life, the sanctity of marriage, and the preservation of religious liberty. Do you know what's interesting? Do you realize that those three tie to the four sins that cry to heaven for vengeance? If you haven't heard that, <clears throat> I think it's very applicable there are four sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. This isn't me making it up. I'm not being political. I'm not even trying to be a downer. 
I'm trying to do my duty as a priest to give the truth. And the four sins that cry to heaven, number one is the blood of Abel. So there can be no murder. The sin of murder cries to heaven for vengeance, and in it is especially infanticide. The killing of the young and the innocent. So abortion fits in that category. The second sin that cries to heaven for vengeance is the sin of the sodomites, homosexuality, or you could say any unnatural sin or outside of the gift of marriage. The third is to protect widows and orphans. If we take advantage of widows and orphans, and fourth is to give the worker his just wage and not to take advantage of the workers. All of these seem to be connected. And so what we are talking about here today and the need to pray for our Supreme Court to be infused with wisdom of the Holy Spirit is up to us. I know I'm going to get letters, but at this point, I'm, there's nothing I can say other than I'm going to keep going here because I have to face our Lord and so do you. And we have a moral obligation to stand for the most defenseless, to stand for the dignity of human life. This is church teaching. This is not politics. And so let us pray today. Let us fast today. Fasting is not easy. I'm the first one to admit that. But I'm also the first one to admit that it's probably the most powerful thing we could do today to offer our sins in atonement for our sins, fasting, prayer, and penance. Prayer, you all know what it is. What is penance? Penance is doing something in one of two ways. Either we do something we don't like to do, like take a cold shower, or we don't do something we like to do, like have that extra dessert. Little sacrifices like that. When you think of the little children, that lives who are in the balance think it's worth it. Not only I think, we know it's worth it. That's what the church has been teaching us. So to finish, the point is that the court, the Supreme Court could write an opinion in this case in Dobbs, which eliminates the constitutional right to abortion. It could do that. But it doesn't even have to explicitly overturn Roe v. Wade to do that. And if it does, Lawyers, journalists, and other people who comment on these things to the general public should be upfront and true instead of running around saying Roe v. Wade has survived and abortion rights are still the top and abortion is still the law of the land. Be careful listening to that twist of the truth because what happened underneath might really be a gutting of abortion and may really be the dignity of human life upheld. So this is what we are to pray for today. <clears throat> a decision to eliminate the right to an abortion is a decision eliminating the right to an abortion, whether the media wants to say so or not. So ultimately, if this court hands down, as it is quoted in this Catholic article I read, a disingenuous anti-abortion decision. What does disingenuous mean? It means not explicitly 
fully informed, not, not, not revealing everything, not sincere in its fullest amount. America, if this is the case, even if they don't explicitly overturn Roe v. Wade, we are sitting in an opportunity that we've never had since 1973, almost 50 years, almost 50 years ago. We have an unprecedented opportunity in this case, Dobbs, beginning to be heard today to be able to stop abortions to the level that they've been. And you want to see God's blessings be flooded upon the world? You want to see an end to so much of the consequences that come from our sins? Pray to end one of these sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. America, if we do this, would change. There's no doubt about that. If God has blessed us this much, still in the midst of all the innocent lives that have been taken, what would God do if we actually overturn this and turn back to him? How many graces would be showered upon the country and the world if we actually stood together in united defense of the dignity of human life? The first of what the church calls the non-negotiables. Please, today, pray fast if you're able. Make even a little penance, even if you can't fast. Make a small sacrifice. Give God a little bit to say you're in our corner. You're in the corner of the Catholic Church that has been the lone voice in the defense of the innocent. The whole rest of the world has given up that fight. Even most Protestant churches. Some haven't, some have made steadfast. There's some beautiful fundamentalist groups and some Protestant groups that have remained steadfast in the defense of life. So please, I'm not saying everybody. But the Catholic Church has never wavered on this. Please, let's stand with her in this most important day, the day that we begin to hear these arguments. And if you do nothing else, Pray that the Holy Spirit be with our Supreme Court justices as they hear these arguments and rule on something that unfortunately has been made political, but really isn't political, something that is moral and the most important of moral issues, a sin that cries to heaven, but a sin that is forgivable. That is hope in the mercy of God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. 
If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.